Hey everyone, this is Sam, better known as That Girl with the Curls, and I'm recording this just to kind of give you a heads up that the first 14 episodes are essentially, they were previously recorded for the website Word of the Nerd that I used to write for, and as I am no longer a writer for that website, I decided to take my podcast with me uh, to my own website, The Maniacal Geek, and uh, use this as my forum for interviewing people and whatnot and saying things that I want to say, which, you know, hopefully this introduction is getting that across. If not, I apologize. So uh, you will hear this on every recording for the first 14. After that, there will be different recordings, uh, just kind of, you know, intros, basically, to whomever's on the podcast. So if you're hearing this for the umpteenth time, please skip ahead. Uh, if not, uh, just enjoy the rest of the show, and I hope you keep listening and come back for more. All right, thank you so much, and uh, have fun with this episode. Another Cora podcast uh, today. I'm joined by Miguel. Miguel, say hi. Hey, everybody. And we are also joined by Sean. Sean, say hello. Hello. Yay. Sean is also a huge uh, fan of Legend of Cora. Oh, so. I'm a fan of anything Avatar minus M. Night Shyamalan's movie. Uh, yes. I think you are in good company here. As much as everyone else did, I, I yes, understand did. why it wasn't good, but I also was just happy to see you live-action airbender. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, like, you look at how he interprets the bending, and you're just like, this is ridiculous. The earthbenders <laughs> were breakdance fighting. That's not even a real thing. <laughs> not unless you live in the Zoolander universe. Right. <laughs> it's like, we had to do a, huh, 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 one stone, gently drifting. <laughs> I saw, I could see the wires and everything, when that stone was uh-huh. flying. Also, the fact that all the firebenders practically needed a source of fire in order to, to do anything. All of them except for Iroh. And then they were like, yep. you can make fire out of nothing. And he's like, yeah, it's no big deal. Now get out of my way. What the hell? I did like the guy who played Iroh in the movie, though. He was, yeah. uh, he was a good choice. Or Iro, as they pronounced it, yeah. and Ong, and Soka. Soka, why are you so serious? <laughs> Ong was the worst. I was like, no, <laughs> shut up. Stop calling him that. It's like you have the source material. Yeah, you just watch the show. That's how they say it. Everyone. It was made. It was. It was like handed to them on a plate, and they're like, "Here, just make people not draw rings. Do this." And they're like, "Okay, we won't fuck it up." All yeah. like ethnic choice. They're like, "It needs to sound more ethnic." So right. Like this white kid isn't gonna do it. Let's see. Hmm. How can we ethnic him up? To be fair, though, that's just traditional animation. Like. Look at Dragon Ball Z, like Goku. You know, they get a white guy to play him too, because he's not drawn like any other ethnicity. He's drawn like a white no, dude. The thing is, with when they were when they did do the casting with with Aang or Ong, whatever, I was like, I would I would be okay if it, you know if it's a white kid. It's like it doesn't matter. The Air Nomads are can be anything. Yeah. Um, really, and so, and, and Aang never really had a specific, you know, color up to him other than he was very pale. <laughs> very pale. Yeah. Like, it was when they got to the, you know, uh, race bending of the water tribes and the Fire Nation and Earth Kingdom. <laughs> yeah. You're like, um, it's kind of explicitly, like, laid out for you exactly what they should look like. I mean, it's right there. It's really not that difficult. <laughs> But we're not here to talk about this shitty movie. No, we are not. We're here to talk about Legend of Korra, and uh, so now we see what what Nickelodeon is doing in terms of how they're airing things. So 13 episodes, and so we're doing now two every Friday so they can get this done within, by by August 8th, they will be done. Is that what they're, okay, because I'm just wondering, because I know there's another season. Yeah, they're going to do a a fourth season. Um, I don't know when that's going to come out, but yeah. Yeah, so So, I mean... I get that, but why is it that they're trying to rush them out to a week? I don't, I don't get it. Is it, are they good. putting out other shows that need more attention, or? It, uh, it could be, it could be that they, you know, just drawing in the numbers for the night, um, wanting to have a full hour of Cora. I mean, so. I said that to my friend that I was both happy and disappointed because I'm happy because 
I get two episodes a night, but I'm unhappy because it means it's going to end that much sooner. <laughs> well, I, I would rather this than the splitting up, you know, in like, because, I mean, Nickelodeon oh. is kind of notorious for, you know, like Cartoon Network, just stopping and then not telling you when it comes back, and then you're catching up. They did that with Avatar the whole oh time. Oh, my God, so. and then it would be like, I, yeah, they did with Core in the first season. They split it up between, like, June and January. Yeah. You're like, when is it coming back? Why won't you tell us these things? Yeah, at least with this, the only, like, huge break we have was between the season premiere and now because of the holiday. The rest, it's all, like, straight shots every Friday. It's going to be two episodes until August when it ends. Yeah, thanks, America. No, no, yeah. really, thanks, America. You're awesome. Yeah, no, we salute you. Um, <laughs> support the troops, yay! Uh, <laughs> But, uh, so the the first episode that we had, uh, the new episode, uh, episode four was In Harm's Way, which was basically just two prison breaks, and it was awesome. It was my favorite episode to date. Yeah. Whatsoever. <laughs> it was what I wanted from the, when the last, av- the last airbender ended to when Cora started. I'm like, I can't wait to see some awesome bending action fight scenes, and there wasn't that many so far. I mean, you got the pro-bending, which took away from the whole bending fight series going down. Um, You got a little bit more last season, but this was was just like breakneck. Like that three-on-three fight scene with um, Mako and Bo Lin with Dai Li, I was like, oh, Oh, dude. Yeah, because... so basically, at the beginning of the episode, we have Zaheer and I think it's Gazan and oh uh, Minghua. Yeah, I think it's Minghua. Uh, so they, uh, I got all the names. Um, they rescue the fourth member of their group, uh, uh, Pili or Pili, something like that, um, from the uh, northern uh, water tribe. I'm having a hard time forming words today. That's okay. The, what the, you're talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I knew. At least no one does. Yeah, the Northern uh, Water Tribe's uh, secret prison where she was being kept because she has the sparky, sparky, boom, boom, man uh, like, symbol lady. on the forehead. Sparky, yeah, so sparky, like, boom, what, lady. What do we know about that? Are we? Are, I'm thinking it's like telepathic firebending. Yeah, it, it has to be just another form of concentrating firebending. It's, I mean... I think it's what Toothless does in How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> They're related, yeah, probably. Like it. The sound effects they used were pretty much the exact same thing. Yeah. yeah. That's what like it's, the sound of, on. like, sizzling, and then, pow! Yeah, it's like, like a plasma bolt or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it, it's, I don't know if she'll, like, actually be able to do, like, basic, like, the, the traditional fire bending, okay. but if she does, then that makes her, like, ridiculously bad. The scariest thing in the world. I still don't know for myself. Is the water bending evil girl armless? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. I just want to make sure that she wasn't just like hiding them. So I was like, "Yeah, that girl has no arm." Because what's her name? Um, uh, Ang's other daughter, the Waterbender. Kaya. Um, Kaya. Yeah, did the same thing that the villain did. She made wa- arms mm-hmm. out of water. Yeah. So I didn't know if because I was like, "You never really see that woman's arms. Maybe she doesn't have any." <laughs> I was like, oh. that, I mean, that was what I was trying to explain is to um, my cousin who doesn't really watch the show anymore because she she just gave up on it. I know. I was trying to tell her, I was like, armless waterbender. <laughs> like, just, that was my big thing. I was like, armless water waterbender. <laughs> she bends water, but without arms. <laughs> and it was just like, I mean, because from the last, when they, um, when they broke her out, and she, like, gra- you know, grabs the water really quick, and then she, like, swings it and makes hooks out of ice. Oh, and it's so like, good. Oh, the the way they choreograph these fights, like I said in the in the first episode that we did these recaps, it's just like it's so imaginative you know, the way that they do things. And even in this one, uh, Minghua like makes a drill, like drills down. All right. Oh, it's just like so cool. Um, she pulled a Superman basically and just like. <laughs> yeah, I went right through the bottom, and then she gets, oh and, and then the other girl. Okay, now that's my thing. She gets. So so here's my here's my question about this. Here's like the only negative thing I had to say. Well, there's two negative things I had to say about the two episodes, but this is number one. She gets out of the prison in the Northern Water Tribe, North Pole or South Pole South Pole. No, it's the South <laughs> No, it's Northern. North Pole. Northern, yeah. And she gets on top and she's like, This is the most warm I've felt in a long time and then she can suddenly fire bend. I'm like, what has changed in the temperature between being underground and being above ground in the North Pole? Sun. Sun's out. 
I think it's was, I think it's just the fact that her um it's it's them covering up her the third eye basically. Oh, she was also in a ring of fire from that from Zuko's dragon at the time. Like she yeah, just that got was like stupid. Who would put fire in the way of a fire bending telepath? Stupid, <laughs> stupid dragon. A fire breathing dragon to a fire bending fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not. But it was but it was really cool seeing like. Eska and uh, Desna and Tonrak and, and Zuko going up against oh, them. Oh, yeah. Twist, waterbending in that was yeah. incredible. Okay, no yeah. wonder they're so good at what they do. Well, it's like you figure, like, all of these, all of them are formidable opponents. I mean, they're all really good at what they do. And then that's the thing with this group, this, this uh, four-man band of assassins, basically. That was better. <laughs> like, Oh my God! I mean, and and in this episode we do um, we do have Lin Beifang showing up in the in Ba Sing Se to warn Korra about the fact that these people have escaped, and we do get finally an explanation for why she was sequestered back in season two when she like got all pissed off at her dad about it um, that they were trying to kidnap Korra when she was uh, found out to be the Avatar. So it was what Zuko Sokka. And you know, essentially every member of the White Lotus that had to capture these four people. Tenzin was there, right? Yeah, I, I assume Tenzin was probably there too. Um, but it's just like I want to see that. Like, how did they take them down? Because these guys are really good. And we also have to assume. And the other thing that I got really giddy about watching these episodes was that we have now confirmation that not only Zuko is still alive from the first, the episode before, but Sokka mm-hmm. is still mentioned, and so yeah. is Toph. Yeah, Toph gets mentioned yeah, in the next uh, in the Metal Clan the next episode. Yeah. But that um, was the big thing for me was these little these little fan services where you're like, ah, they're still alive. Bring them. Well, and the, and the thing is like, what what is so when we get into the Metal Clan, you know, we'll talk more about Toph and everything. But um, with this one, you mentioned so- they mentioned Sokka, so he was chief of the Southern Water Tribe. Yeah. Um, he was a councilman in Republic City at one point too. Uh, it's just like I just need more information about Sokka. Like just like Suki, anything well, like this, you know? Yeah. It, well, and Tenzin even calls him Chief Sokka. It's like mm-hmm. that's your uncle, right? <laughs> so. Oh, it is. Yeah. I was like, what? No. Wait. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Great. Old, exactly. old Uncle Sokka. Uncle Sokka. Old Uncle Sokka. Sokka. Chief of the Water Tribe. Yeah. So they go. I did like their their kind of uh, telltale. That's no moon. That's a space station line. Or he's like, oh, there's a sto- a snowstorm coming in. He's like, that's no snowstorm. And you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was and good. I, I do love when uh, Pali is is because uh, her and Zaheer are uh, a thing, and they've been separated for about thirteen years like at this point. Out in the car. They're making out in the car, and then Gazan is like, seriously, <laughs> yeah. right now. Here's my other gripe that I had, and I will. I don't, I don't know if I want to bring it up, because I know we haven't talked about Metal Clan yet. Um, mm. But, yeah, we just discussed how, like, you know, the Assassins must be that much better than everyone else. But I'm like, Zuko kind of went down pretty fast. Like, you'd think he would have had more tricks up his sleeve as a firebender and of being, you know, the Fire Lord. He's like 83 million years old, though. So what? Yeah. There's been 80... Like, Iroh was the shit back in the day. I think... That's yeah. true. I think he's older than, than Iroh was, maybe. I don't know. He's, he's uh, He looks pretty wrinkly. He's, well, yeah, he's got to be in his 80s. <laughs> maybe he just drinks a lot of really good tea, and that's what keeps him... You know. Yeah. He has that really great tea house in the Earth Kingdom he likes to go to. <laughs> but also being in, like, the, the North Pole, his firebending probably wasn't in it, you know, at its best. Plus, when, when you blow... When your dragon blows fire on a... On a you know telepathic firebender, your team's your team's already not doing great. Like. Yeah, and well, and even like um, my other favorite line from that episode was uh, when uh, uh, was it Minghua was basically like uh, climbing up the iceberg to get Pilly out, and she's like, you know, there's an elevator. Yeah. You know, show off. Like <laughs> just, I love it when they make the villains just as entertaining as as the heroes. You know, and I think they did a better job of that recently because freaking what's his name? The Iman, Iman. Oh, Iman. Yeah. I just hated him, and I was just like, mm. I don't think, like, I don't care. Like, even when you're watching the original Avatar, like you, even though um, Prince, 
Oh my god, I can't remember. I just literally went blank on his name. Zuko. Zuko. <laughs> I literally just went blank. I was like, Prince. The kid with the uh, scarf. The guy. Uh, that guy. Like, Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, like, he was the villain, but, like, there was something about him that made you kind of feel sympathy towards him and also not hate him vehemently like you did Azula when she showed up. You're just like, I hate this girl. Like, yeah. oh, like her two friends that were like, you're like, don't listen to her anymore. You guys are so much cooler. <laughs> but they also, like, gave Azula, like, moments where you're like, oh, you know, she she could have moments of pathos. And then you're like, and I almost, get... no, it's gone. It's like... gone but, like, Azula, you were like, yeah, like, I feel for you, like, you know, clamoring for your father's affection, but also not sure where you fit in the grand scheme of things. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I kind of felt for him as a character. And this one, like, yeah. the same thing with the the assassin. Like, you don't know why they're in prison other than they wanted to kidnap Korra. Why did they want to kidnap Korra? Like, we don't know they want to kill her. Maybe they wanted to use her to, like, create a new republic of benders because in this new world with Republic City, benders aren't revered anymore. They're actually kind of looked down upon. Well, the, and it's it's the whole, like, the, the class struggle and, you know, the idea of power because benders are in more powerful positions, too. Yeah. Because they have the ability to, you know, bend elements. Yeah. So. And how. And how. Um, so we had the, the opening uh, prison break, and then the other prison break was the uh, basically going up against the Dai Li and the Earth oh, Queen to get all the uh, imprisoned fire, uh, not fire, airbenders out of Bossing Sing. Okay, and I don't know if you guys talked about this last time because I wasn't here. Did anyone else hate the Queen as much as I do? She's the worst. Oh, she's the I wore Boomy back. <laughs> <laughs> Boomy was well, the best. <laughs> I was like, what happened to you? you were, how did your daughter become so spoiled and self-centered and ignorant when you were – the dad. Well, we talked. Miguel and I talked about this too because like we, she's not Boomy's daughter. Oh, is she not? No, she's the the really passive Earth King, the guy with the bear. I thought who wasn't Boomy the wasn't Boomy the Earth. Boomy was the king of Oma, the city of Omashu. It's really weird. Um, I I had to like look it up because it confused the the shit out of me. But he's <laughs> according to like the wiki and whatever. He's Boomy was the king of a city of just Omashu, and the other king was the king of the whole Earth Kingdom. Uh, so that's like a double king okay. situation. Yeah, double king. I was really uh, actually uh, when originally watching the series really upset when they're like the Earth King, and I'm like, but Boomy's the king. Who's who's this <laughs> chump? And then they actually introduced him, and I was like, really, really this guy? Yeah, that cool bear though with the hat. I like. Oh, the bear. Um, <laughs> something I forgot the bear's name, but he was great. He was just bear. Yeah, he was just uh-huh. a bear. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, the Earth Queen is a total B, mm-hmm. and, uh, total B, total, total B, B. Total, uh, so, the, and, and what I really loved was the whole breakout with, you know, the splitting off, and then getting, uh, getting Kai, because Jinora's all got the hots for him, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I like the use of her, um, her spiritual, uh, powers now, I guess, Yeah. that she can just kind of, like, go and find things that they're really building Janora up to be a, a major player as well after what happened in season two, mm-hmm. which is really awesome. And yeah, so they go and get Kai and, and just the whole thing with um, Bolin and, and Mako getting him out. And he's just like, you know, Bolin's all like, we forgive you. We can't stay mad at you. And, you can. <laughs> There's a lot of money in that wallet. <laughs> oh, Mako. Uh, and then you have, was it Tenzin and uh, and Korra go after um, you know, the rest of the Airbenders, the the, the bulk of them, mm-hmm. and then you have Asami and Lin Beifong in the Futures Industry ship or whatever. So it's just like this really great like, okay, here's how the Strike Team's gonna hit it, and you know, they oh, it's just so good, just going up against the Daily and everything. My one of my other issues with that was. Like, don't be wrong, I love this episode. This, Like I said, this was one of my most favorite episodes ever. The bending choreography in this was just incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you could have skipped the whole let's go to the lake and scour the lake with my spirit thing and just been like, well, how did you, know, how did you find me during Harmonic Convergence? That could have been, like, yes. the first thing you asked. And she would have been <laughs> like, well, I just looked for your spirit. Well, why don't we do that now before we go on a needless mission to a lake where we will find nothing? 
and that way yeah. we can save more time for awesome bending action. <laughs> I don't know. When I, I kind of dug it because it was kind of like a almost a troll to the fans to be like, hey guys, we're going to go back to um, Lake... Oh my god, what was it? I forget. Oh, I don't remember. Lake, no, that's something else. Um, Lake whatever. And then, because like for a minute I was like, really? They're just going to keep like, you know, revisiting all these places and like, this is just going to be like a like a world tour of, of shit I saw, or stuff I saw in the first the first series or something. But then, mm-hmm. and then they get there and they're like, yeah, there's nothing down there. It's just water. I was like, oh, cool. So it's going to be like a new thing. Like, it was kind of funny. Like, because it, it built you up to think, ah, you're just going to do this again, huh? And then they didn't. I don't know. Well, I think it's also them exploring all their options, too. Like, you you see that they are, like, really trying to figure this out. And so, you know, sometimes your your first idea doesn't always, re- you know, result in something. So it's it's much more looks like the planning stages, like they're actually acting, you know, as a team. You know, everyone's together on this stuff. There isn't like splitting off in in a bad way. Um, so I I mean I dug it. I mean I love the choreography. Don't get me wrong, but I do like those like you know little moments where they they try something and it doesn't work, and they got to regroup and figure things out again. Yeah, Sokka was um, really good at trying things that didn't work. Yes, yeah, very good at that. Boomerang, you always come back. <laughs> um, and then we also have the parting of ways, basically, between Tenzin and Korra again, but this time on better circumstances, um, where he takes the uh, now freed airbenders to the Northern Air Temple to train them, and Korra is going to keep going to uh, basically the city of Zaofu, where they've heard reports of the new uh, airbender and... That leads us to the Metal Clan, the second episode, which is now episode five. Um, oh, did we stop talking about like the cool fight sequences? I kind of just spaced out there. <laughs> no, we can we can no, we can okay. do it more. Let's move forward. Was there something else you want to talk oh, about? Because yeah. they were good. The awesome fight scene with with Mako and Bo Lin. And when mm-hmm. Kai's like, I guess I am as good as I thought. That, like, oh, yeah. was really yeah. that made me really happy because I hated that Dai Li bastard. Mm-hmm. the entire thing, and I was like, this guy's going to get his comeuppance by the Avatar, and it wasn't the Avatar, it was Kai, and I was like, yeah. but it was just really well, like, the tight choreographed scene mm-hmm. in that hallway, and, like, how they were just fighting, and everything, kind of like, the two brothers were, like, perfectly in sync because of their pro-bending, yeah. I was really impressed with that, how they took out the Dai Li, and you're like, Psh, Dai Li, you're not so good anymore. Well, even like when um, they're, you know, when Bolin catapults them onto oh, man, the, yeah. the bison. Oh, it's just like, he's like, everyone hold on. This is like, boom. Uh, and then you see the dilier in the background on these pillars and they're just like, you know, throwing rocks. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, they have that like rapid fire shooting at the top of the set when they're like shooting all of them and they're running down. And then, mm-hmm. and then Bolin shoots up from the ground. I'm surprised that Bolin hasn't attempted to try to learn metal bending. It's always like one of those things because um, Mako Mako can do lightning. I think they showed him doing lightning in um, in his day the, job. Yeah, and it, yeah, so he can. There's all it, with each element. There's always like some kind of like specialty, like something that can also be brought out of it. You know, um, but sand bending, gross. <laughs> And bending. He could go and live with the the kin over in the swamp. <laughs> Ugh, swamp benders. Nasty. Uh, yep. But, uh, yeah, it would be interesting if it, maybe it's like a, it, a certain... It's like a discipline, so I guess you'd have to spend a lot of time working with yeah, it. Yeah, that's um, not Bolin's character. No. no. He's oh. much more of a, like, punch, punch, punch. He's a movie star. He's a, nobody has, he, he doesn't have time for that. Yeah, I messed that up. <laughs> But uh, are, is there anything no, else you guys no. want to talk about? Metal okay. Clan. Metal Clan. Metal so yeah. <laughs> I feel like we should have like a Chinese food play, like like they do in the. Never mind. I feel like it no, should be like a I don't know like the uh, a reboot villain for Ninja Turtles or something. It's not the Foot Clan anymore. It's the Metal Clan. Well, they're all robots anyway yeah. now, aren't they? I also feel like we should start off each segment of an episode with that classic news talker about the plot summary. That's like, oh, yeah. man. One of the metal clan. Cora <laughs> <laughs> travels to Zaofu to go and see the new airbender. Lu Beifong. <laughs> what will this unearth in the terms of Lin's sister? Find out. That's stuff like that. 
Oh, that would be so cool. Um, I, I, I love that guy. Yeah. I love that they do those recaps. Uh, it's so cool. Uh, yeah, so in, in the Metal Clan, they, they travel to the city of Zaofu, which is entire, entirely made of metal. So cool. And, so cool. Yeah, and they all look like um, lotus flowers, like the, the design of the city. True. Um, and, and they meet the leader of uh, the city, which is Su Yin, but we find out she is actually Su Yin Bei Fong. Uh, Lynn's estranged half sister, played by Anne Hage. Yep, played by Anne Hage, and really well done too. Uh, she's just she has like a really nice um, openness to her. She's very warm, and like when she talks about her, she's got five kids, an architect husband, and everything. Like, lived the life of a wanderer, and then had a family, and you just really like her automatically. But there's but. something about her past that we don't know about. That caused a rupture in her family between Lin Beifong and Su Ye Beifong. Yeah, because uh, Lin does not want anything to do with uh, her sister nor her family, because we find out that Su's um, daughter, Opal, is the, the new airbender that's been found in Zhao Fu. So, and she hits it off with Bolin, which was kind of cute, too. <laughs> I like that whole scene because she was, like, really cute as, like, a girl and, like, you know, and they're, like, getting along, and then he tries to act cool, and she's like, stop. Just be yeah. Like, girls need You're to do that more weird. <laughs> or girls in my life. I really felt for Bolin at that point. I was like, I get you, bro. Stop trying to act cool. <laughs> Bolin's, you know, Bolin's been fairly unlucky at this point, or sort of lucky? I don't know. I think he's kind of just fallen into it, and then he thinks there's a certain way to act, and that ends up screwing it up for him. That's Whereas true. I think this girl's finally going to be like, you can kind of see it because they kept like looking at each other's eyes and it was just, like the green and the green like matching up and you're like, they're gonna they're gonna end up together. Like come on, Bolin and Opal, it's just a match made in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Lynn is just really against her sister and we find out that they are um, they don't neither of them know who their father is, which kind of tells you something about Toph. Um, who we find out may or may not be alive. Okay, yeah, well, we don't know. She walked uh, the, the, it was told that Toph ended up walking the world, the earth, to gain enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't know if she's As dead or not. I kind like of you, feel yeah. like if they weren't going to bring her back, they wouldn't have brought it up. They would have been like, she died peacefully like 10 years ago. Yeah, but you guys are like, I, would, I yeah. think like it's gonna be at the end of the the season where she's gonna come back and help like take down the four assassins. Like Zuko will find her, and then they'll yeah, stop. she just shows up and is all badass. Well, you nerds just... can't do anything without me. <laughs> yeah, she'll like, cause I have a feeling like you're gonna bring back Katara, you're gonna bring back Zuko, and you're gonna bring back Toph, and you mm-hmm. might even bring back Sokka and have like the four team having to take down one of the assassins or something like that. Well, Saga's confirmed to be dead. Oh, wait, um, did they, they confirm that? Yeah, they said in the first episode of Korra, when Katara is telling her that, you know, my brother is dead, my, you know, Aang is dead, all that kind of stuff. So Aang and Sokka of the original, um, you know, uh, Team Avatar are the only two confirmed deaths. <laughs> okay, so there you go. We might know, we might see Toph and Zuko, and well, we've seen Zuko, but we might see them together again, and... Team Avatar mm-hmm. can help out the new Team Avatar. Yeah, it's like in the oh. Venture Brothers when uh, Doctor Venture gets kidnapped, and then <laughs> Dean and Hank get the original Team Venture back together. Oh man, yeah. and then Brock kicks all their ass. <laughs> That's what's gonna happen. That's what. Yeah, it's exactly. I mean, it's it's an interesting thing because we learned in the second season that you know Aang may not have been the best father either. Uh, that he put a lot of pressure on Tenzin because he was the, you know, basically the second to last airbender, uh, which kind of pushed him to, to be how he is. And uh, and so Toph, apparently, because she was brought up so strictly, let her two daughters just kind of go, you know, do whatever they wanted. Yeah. And uh, apparently both of them disappointed her, even though Lin became a cop like her mother and Suyin uh, just, kind of roamed around for a while. I don't think, I mean, and I really think that that's just the child thinking that. I really don't think mm-hmm. that Toph is the type of girl to be disappointed in her children. Mm-hmm. I feel like she was proud of them, but she was just like, she doesn't show up because Toph never showed her feelings. And always, that's true. I always had a problem with that in the first series. 
Um, mm-hmm. So I think that gets kind of just carried on where they don't think she is, but then she's going to show up at the end. She's going to be like, I'm proud of both of you because you turned out so well. And there's going to be like a touching moment. Well, I know they're going to flash back to them when they were younger. <laughs> Toph comes back, reunites with family, everyone's happy. <laughs> Yay! That's my prediction. Let's hope it happens. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll hold yeah. you to that, Sean. Yep. You're damn right you will. And I will be the first <laughs> to gloat when it happens. <laughs> Um, yeah, the, and the, the other thing that, that happened, because, I mean, Lynn is, Lynn obviously just doesn't want anything to do with this, and Opal tries to reach out, she's taught by Cora, a few airbending moves, so we'll, we'll see how that goes, but, uh, the, the other thing is that Zaheer basically shaves off all of his, like, long flowing locks and beard, and tries to infiltrate the, um, I think it's the Southern... Air Temple, or it's, uh, it's Air, Air Temple Island in um oh is it in the, yeah, in the big city. city? Oh, that's right, because he's in Tenzin's office. Never mind. Like a jerk. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he shows up and is all like, "I know how to do all this stuff, and I studied the forms and the ways things and everything. So I'm just like really good at it." And and then Kaya finds out who he is, and they have an epic battle. Yeah. I like two things about that epic battle. Number one, I like I. I found it really humorous when she was just like, you seem to know too much about it. He's like, I come from a small town. You probably haven't heard of it. And she's like, Zaire. And I'm just like, yeah. is he the type of guy who brags about knowing things before people do? Yeah, I like that band. Yeah, I've heard of it. No, you probably haven't heard of them or anything like that. Oh, that's well, so it was sad. totally a my girlfriend's in Canada move. He's like, no, nah, really. It's I'm from somewhere. And she's like, you're an idiot. No way. Uh yeah, I think it, it, it's a really, like, just kind of comes on, like, well, how did you put two and two together? But How did you not figure that out before when you saw him fly through the frickin' spinning plates, not mm-hmm. get hurt? You would have been like, that guy seems too skilled for some reason. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a really great fight scene between the two of them, and Kaya really gets to show off, like, her abilities as a waterbender. Because, yeah. I mean, we saw a little bit of it in season two, but... Because she's Katara's daughter, you would think she'd she'd have learned a few things from mom. Little mom. <laughs> and that was again, that was my other the only other gripe I had, which can connects back to the the other episode, was that is, is it always just me or is it like the bad guys are always so overpowering of the good guys until mm-hmm. the Avatar steps in? Like she could have like didn't done some damage or maybe like injured him with an ice like, he cuts him or something like that, and he's like, I won't forget yeah. this, and then he could fly away. But, like, she literally does, like, zero damage to him, and he, like, knocks her out twice. And I'm like, these guys go down so fast. <laughs> yeah, and there's a whole bunch of airbenders in there who could have at least, like, heard her scream or yeah, something. Like, I, mean, I need help, and everyone's just like, hmm, I wonder what that was. <laughs> definitely wasn't. Kaya shouting again. Um, yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, as as cool as it was, yeah, I see your point, Sean, where yeah. it's just kind of like the, the, we have to set up how badass the villains are, and then, but you know that they're either going to get defeated, or at the Befriended. end of the season. Yeah. That happens a lot, too. <laughs> that, too. Or they, or it's like, you can almost see at the end of the season if they don't want to, like, completely get rid of them, because they are all kind of entertaining characters in their own right like they could escape and it's like you win this time avatar but we'll be back <laughs> you and your friends and your little dog too right that's right we would have gotten away with it too if it hadn't been for you so <laughs> that avatar i mean they're not off from from the scooby gang it's a bunch of scrappy teenagers and one one to seven old people with power you know ah, okay maybe it's not a perfect i just metaphor. find that like you have these Airbend, you know, this, this one guy who literally just got airbending. It's not like he's had it forever and he escaped. He literally just got it. Yeah. And he comes in and he kicks ass against somebody who's had bending for their entire life. Like even the mm-hmm. guards, like the generic red shirts, as I call them, in yeah, the red shirts who go down. So, like they shoot one fireball and then they're just defeated. The red That's lotus. Like, yeah. I think you would put some effort into fighting, like. You've never Who's been training white lotus people. They're literally red shirts. I'm like, yeah, you just got mm-hmm. murdered because you suck at bending. But like, even yeah, even kind of, you just watch, and you don't get wrong. The fight was badass. Like she's like water bending the shit out of everything, and then as soon as he fell into the little pond outside, I was like, oh, water, you're screwed. Like that's happening. And then it was just like, no, I'm still gonna escape every grasp. Even when you caught my leg on ice, I've managed to pull it free of the ice. 
and not damage my body. Yeah, that's how he is. That's just how he rolls, you know? It's Henry Rollins. How can also, you make him not badass? <laughs> just so ridiculous. I was like, give some form of injury to this guy and be like, mm-hmm. I hate you and I will get my... Like, it would have been cool to, like, hurt or maim him in some way and then he, like, vows revenge on her and that could create a whole other conflict where, you know, he wants to get revenge on someone now. Well, I really, you know, it's 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 all going to boil down to. I mean, he now knows where, you know, how to get to Cora at this point. Like he, they're just progressively going to get closer to her. So the end, I mean, if not the the last episode of the season, then probably like the 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 last two episodes will be all about them facing off, and you'll probably get a, a second Kaya versus the Year battle. Perhaps. Oh yeah. The other, my other question is like, and maybe maybe I don't know this, and maybe you guys can correct me, but like. They keep telling Cora, like, yeah, these assassins are after you, and apparently he has airbending, and they all have wicked bending skills. And I get it. Like, yeah, that's intimidating. Like, I would, I would see Cora being like, that's okay. Like, I'll deal with it when it comes. But no one has ever been like, you're going to need to take away their bending because you can do that because you're the avatar. Yeah. <laughs> no one has brought that up. Like, it's dangerous. They have bending. I can take that away. Just get me close enough to them. <laughs> Well, maybe, I mean, you could be touching on what the solution might end up being, because if they're all that powerful and, you know, Korra only has, like, because I think it's, it might go the same way, like, you know, Aang didn't want to kill anyone. Korra clearly doesn't want to kill anyone either. Um, so it might end up being that because they are formidable, and, you know, if you don't want to kill them, but if you put them away, they could escape again. No, and, I, and I get that, and I'm totally fine if that is the solution, but, like, no one has even, like, mentioned, mentioned that, like, you might need to start taking away bending skills again. Yeah. Well, and that, yeah. If they if they do that, they'll have to make that into a, a central conflict for for Korra, which would be interesting too. Uh, oh, and the oh, we forgot to mention Varric. Varric yeah, and, back. And Julie. Oh, he's so good. I love that guy. I don't care what he did. He's the best. <laughs> like, do the thing. Do the thing. <laughs> but it was so cool to see him show up in uh, in in the Metal City and everything. And uh, Sue's just like. Oh yeah, he's a friend, and he's gonna build. He's basically gonna build a monorail. <laughs> monorail. <laughs> monorail. And he's built. They already have a monorail, but he's gonna build a better monorail. Oh yeah. Magnet. <laughs> Magnet. I, I, oh god, like he is probably like the the standout character from Legend of Korra. Just yeah. the minute he 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 showed up, you're just like, I love everything about you. You just Howard Hughes esque eccentric <laughs> character. Yeah. So funny. But yeah, I know he shows oh. up, and then then Lin Beifong just gets really angry and leaves. And then mm-hmm. I also have a feeling because like when Cora gets the idea to you know bring her aunt or bring her niece, Lin Beifong's niece, into the room, and then like try to get them to talk to maybe see that they are not so she's not such a we're not so different bitch. you and I. <laughs> but she ends up yeah at the end she ends up crying after she distracts him and leaves. I feel like. I, and again, this is just totally like grasping at straws. I feel like something has happened that has ref- not allowed her to have children of her own, and that's mm-hmm. kind of what's killing her inside a little bit. Yeah, it could affect also. I saw someone theorizing this too, where they were just like, if you find out like she was barren, yeah, and, I thought. Uh, huh? kids, she can't. Yeah, kids. and that's what maybe affected the reason why she intends and really didn't get married. Uh, wasn't just uh, Pema kind of stepping in. Yeah, it was the fact that she couldn't produce more air ch- air bending children. Yeah, because yep. clearly Tenzin and Pema love each other, and that factored into it. But also, yeah, if if Lynn found out she was you know not able to conceive at all, then that could have affected a lot of things because Tenzin needed to produce children. Oh man, he's got like a hundred already, or four, whatever. <laughs> Mostly four. <And> <laughs> but if you find yeah, out that Lynn is is barren because I don't like using that word just because it sounds so like wasteland. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I don't really like saying it. But anyway, you find out that maybe it has something to do with something that occurred when she was trying to help Sue back when Sue was a rebel quote unquote, and that could harbor resentment feelings towards her sister. That's also possible. Also possible. That mm-hmm. would be very hard to get over. It wouldn't be something like, Oh, she's, a, a rebel and I hate her and I'm going to be a uber bitch about it but <laughs> if she was the result of me not being without children and having to break up with the love of my life yeah I'd be pretty pissed off too <laughs> yeah it's like damn it <laughs> pretty angry about that mm-hmm. yeah and, and it's 
it's an interesting dynamic between the two of them. Obviously, Sue wants to reach out, Lynn doesn't want to. So yeah, the tension there is so palpable. And uh, I guess in the next, uh, what they previewed in the next episode is that we will probably see what happened. Um, or like some flashbacks, and uh, Cora's gonna learn metal band right. too. Oh, it looks so cool. What? Yeah, yeah. it's like little in the little bits when they're like, next time on the Metal Spider-Man, it's gonna happen, and then other stuff's gonna go down. It's gonna get off. We're awesome. gonna have to learn that metal banding is all about. <laughs> no, but see, I watched the thing, and it was just like something you're not. First off, he was like something you won't be able to watch online, and I'm just like, okay, lies. Everything comes online. <laughs> it's the internet. Exactly. Second, and then it was just like, oh, and this thing's so action-packed, and you're going to have to be a Nickelodeon to watch it. I'm like, okay, erroneous. I'm going to download it <laughs> after it goes up on Nickelodeon. Not going to lie. <laughs> but I didn't notice there was metal bending. Yeah, she's like oh, playing yeah, with Cora, the metal. They show with like a little, little thing of metal. Mm-hmm. So little you to be like to defeat the four assassins. She will have to broaden her range and know like blood bending and metal bending and Ooh, weather bending. you can't. And all the adaptions of bending, like lightning bending. Yeah, that's the thing with with Korra, because, yeah, with, you know, in in Avatar, we saw all these new forms taken. I mean, metal bending was was invented by by Toph, uh, you know, on the fly, basically. Um, but, yeah, we saw the lightning, you know, sand, swamp. There's all these different aspects I'm a bending, bending racist, I'm sorry. Certain benders go. I just can't tolerate. And yeah. I, you know what? Hashtag sorry, not sorry. <laughs> but uh, it almost uh, seems that Cora, now that she lives in this more technologically advanced world, should know all forms of bending, like every form that she can, even the illegal ones, because that would give her the ability to counteract it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also, and this is just, it has nothing to do with the actual episode or anything like that, but I'm also kind of getting tired. Like, do you remember when Aang used to go in the Avatar state? Mm-hmm. He used to be like so badass and he could do like everything. When one yeah. goes into the Avatar State, it's kind of like a like a little boost. Like, she got a mushroom, and she grew a little bit, like in Mario. She's gone into the Avatar State a couple times, you're just like, this isn't as... The only time she went, like, crazy is when she went to fight Vatu, and then she got, like, the well, rings of all the the elements around her, like Aang did when he was fighting the Earth, um, the Fire Lord, mm-hmm. at the end good. of the last season of Last Airbender. But, like, when, like, Aang went, like, Avatar mode when he was at, like, the Southern Water Temple, and, like, he created that, like, massive, I want to say Avatar, because it was a massive Avatar of water. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that was good. Yeah, I'm like, why can't you do that? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> it might have to do with, like, Korra was, because uh, Aang was more connected to the spirit world because he was an airbender, you know, and Korra's thing in spirit yeah. was about, like, connecting to the spirit world because she had none of that ability, really. Like, her personality is so the antithesis of what the airbenders are in a lot of ways. So that could be why she, you know, didn't do as many, like, fantastic things as, as in the in the Avatar state because she's just not as skilled in that, maybe. I mean, Aang had a learning curve, obviously, but he was also more connected to the spiritual side. Oh, okay, no, I take that as a take that as a very proper answer. Very plausible. Very plausible. <laughs> no, that's a, she's also connect, disconnected from all the other avatars. Yeah. Yeah. The first avatar in the new chain. Which which is really in, you know it's interesting in terms of how they're um, approaching that like making sure that those decisions that she made stick and it's like okay there's no Deus Ex Machina where you're gonna suddenly get all your past lives back you are the first link now in this new chain. Yeah, you can't like, ask someone who's like, hey, what would you do? Oh, well, when I was Avatar, we just moved continents, and that sort of killed warlords. The end. Yeah. I would still like it if they met the warriors of Kyoshi along the way, because they are in the Earth Kingdom. Oh, that's true. Uh, you know what? And I will say that I really hope, and this is just uh, musings of the entire series, because we never knew that we were getting another series after The Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. And we don't know if we're going to get another series after The Legend of Korra. I hope so. Yeah. Um, well, I figure that, you know, one reason why they weren't sure if they were going to do another one was because they didn't know how popular it was until the fans were like, it is the most popular. Yeah. And then they did one season of Korra, and it was just supposed to be one season of Korra. We weren't supposed mm-hmm. to get it. It was supposed to be like a little mini series. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, well, we decided to do four seasons, and you're yeah. like, 
And I really think it would be a cool idea to continue on the evolution where maybe Republic City spreads and you have more actual cities sprung up where, like, the bending has gotten more rare among people and more rare, right? And then yeah. the next season, next series could be about an avatar who doesn't even know what an avatar is. They just suddenly can do all these things. Oh, that would be interesting. Right? Like, to continue on the evolution of, like, Last Airbender was very fantastical. It was about the, the benders being, like, the main thing in society. And now we're at a point where normal people are starting to overpopulate and there's no bending abilities other than for the select few. Uh, and then you could go further where there's more cities like Republic City around the world. It's more of an actual cityscape and, like, the modern world. And only mm-hmm. a very few people. And people think it's magic and illusions and not actually real. Anyway. Martino, feel yeah. free to get at me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, though, I mean, actually, Sean, that, that sounds really cool. Like, if you just, yeah, keep the, the natural progression of society and how that would affect everything. And, um, but yeah, the, that's, I, I, wow. Yeah. That's, <laughs> Sick. Sean's come up with a good idea. Sean. There we go. Write it down. Send it in. <laughs> Let's kickstart this fan film, guys, right there now. Let's do it. Um, yeah, so we're we're pr- pretty much at about time where we would want to end this, so keep it short and sweet. Um, is there anything you guys want to talk about before we end this, like stuff that didn't get brought up? Where are the stuff? spirits? That's what I want to know. The they, they, you know, they hit pretty hard in the first uh, episode, maybe a little in the second, about, oh, crap, we got vines, and the spirits coming all over the world and stuff. But where, where are they at? Like, I hope that comes back around, you know, and they're like, oh, yeah, don't forget, there's still just little... Boom juice is hanging out everywhere and vines no, that people don't I, like. I totally Giant hedgehogs. You had that whole vine situation that seemed like a pretty big problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, peace, Republic City, we're out. Yeah. Well, she, to be fair, she got kicked out well, by the president. Yeah, so. I get that. And I was like, I get that story point. But like, it, it, even with that story point of him kicking her out, there should be a part of her that's worried. Oh, my God. I, you know, I wonder how Republic City is doing with that vine problem that's going on. But she's like, like fuck the vines, I'm out of there. Now let's talk about airbending. What? Wait, no, you still haven't fixed the problem. And yeah, he's right. Miguel's right. There's been no, other than the floating butterfly bunny. Boom Jew. Boom Jew. Is that what his name is? Yeah. 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 Okay. Why is there no other spirits flying around? Unless we think the dragon is a spirit. No, he's said that before Hmm. in the past Avatar. But. (laughs) Come on, like, where, like, there should be some serious spirit, and not even just in Republic City. Why is it Republic City? Is it, like, the center of the universe that only happens in Republic City? There should be vines growing in the Earth Kingdom as well, or vines growing in the Fire Nation. Like, it should be an actual problem. Like, thanks for the vines, Avatar. They're everywhere. Well, and even the fact that they were in the Northern Water Tribe, and there was, I mean, that's where one of the portals is. Was the the flashy light that? Yeah. Mm Like, come on, guys! Like, you know, there's there's some spirits that should be at least flying around, or somewhere. helping keep you know people in prison, or helping people break out of prison, <laughs> secret prison where tailors want to be sent to. You never get the sleeves right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, no valid valid questions, valid points. Hopefully, they they do kind of address that. You know, when they have um, what were it uh, episode five? They have eight episodes left. So oh, man, why not more though? I know, but... Wait, I thought there was 13 episodes this season. Yeah, but Metal Clan is episode 5. Oh my god, we're only at episode 5. That's what I'm saying. Life's unfair, guys. It's true. Why is it only 13? I thought it was 14 every season. Why isn't it like 26? Lost got like a million episodes per season. Well, they're technically like... Season 1 and season 2 are like together. So it's 28 episodes, and then you're supposed to have another 28 episodes... Mm-hmm. To make fifty something episodes, whatever, just more. How about more? How about we just make like make it an even two hundred? Just go to Nickelodeon and be like, never stop making this. Right? Well, it's, I know the reason why is because animation is far more to do than just regular live action stuff. Yeah, and they have to send it out to a studio like Studio Mir is. You know, they they, they while the animation is a you know, amazing and gorgeous and everything. They do have to like you know farm it out to them too, and so it takes a while. Yeah, so. yeah whatever. Yeah. Take more. Okay. 
Um, so that this concludes our recap of uh, episodes four and five of Korra. Uh, guys, uh, where can people find you? Miguel, how about you go first? Kansas City, America. <laughs> Come on down. Stay in my guest room. Uh, awesome. Also on Twitter, I'm Miguel Like Comics, uh, and I also write and do fun stuff with WordOfTheNerd.com online. <laughs> doesn't doesn't work that way when you say it. Though. Oh, I know. No, yeah, don't type that in. Just the exactly. just the first bit, not those last five, what, six letters. Correct that reverse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, Sean, where can people find you? Um. Oh. Good question. Well, you can find me in mm. Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Ooh. You know, neighbors of the Great White North. Oh, North. Uh, you know, if you feel like finding me, that'd be kind of stalkerish, so I don't <laughs> feel like you should, but... I welcome it. Yeah, you know, if you do see me and you happen to know who I am, feel free to say hello. Uh, hello. You can find me doing podcast-ish. Uh, I don't even know if I can actually say that anymore. Sure. I'm going with it. He's he's always welcome on this podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm vouching. Thank you, thank you, Sam. Um, and yeah, you can find me at Sean Perot at you know for Twitter. I was gonna say at gmail.com, but that's not a Twitter handle. Uh, <laughs> at Sean Perot, feel free to uh, find me on Twitter. I say funny things, and people sometimes retweet them. All not the many times, but every once in a while. Uh, and uh, if anyone wants to find me, I'm in Seattle, Washington, so there you go. Uh, it's a really small town. You'll you'll find me really easy. Well, uh, well. <laughs> uh, you can also find uh, things that I write for Word of the Nerd online dot com. Online dot com. Yep, yep, yep. I'm gonna do it on my podcast. That's for damn sure. <laughs> uh, uh, you can also go to my uh, personal blog, uh, The Maniacal Geek, on WordPress. And find me on Twitter at Darlene underscore Sammy. And with that, uh, I would like to thank Sean and Miguel for once again coming on and uh, talking Cora with me. Yeah. It's really great having you guys. Anytime. Hopefully, hopefully next week again with the trio. Ooh, golden trio. Yeah. Like, ah, two boys and a girl. It works. <laughs> Um, but with that, we will say goodnight to everyone and uh, have a pleasant day or whatever. <laughs>